what does it take to build a home? What does it take to build a home away from home? And what does it take to build a home away from home you cherish so much you would cry if you ever had to leave it behind? Hey, I'm Nick. I'm your resident interior designer. I'm a serial expat living currently in my sixth, no wait, seventh country. And I'm your humble host on this podcast that is all about creating homes that celebrate your joie de vivre. That means celebrating your joy of and your joy for life so that you'll have a place you truly feel you belong. And in this season, I will be exploring everything concerning the topic of change. Because we are post-COVID-19 and it's safe to say life has changed for all of us. Change has been dumped on us and I know that we all have at least one area of life that feels exhausting and overwhelming and I know you're tired of just reacting to change. So here I am talking about all the aspects that make a home worth having and I'm here to show you how to make change work for you. So please lean back now, relax and enjoy this week's episode. Life fucks with the best of us. And I kind of love it. Hey friend, I am going through this beautiful phase in which people reach out to me and want to reconnect. Childhood friends reach out. People I graduated with from high school reach out to me. People I went to uni with. People I met on travels. People I met during my master's degree. Even people I used to work with. And at the same time, I'm also going through this very funky phase of really strange dreams, night after night after night. It's been a month now since I moved internationally from Switzerland to Sweden, and I'm spending considerable time on a few things that many would probably consider as details, like the front <laughs> of my office cupboards. I'm redoing them currently. I am questioning every freaking detail in my office and it's taking me ages. But I'm having the serious intention to make this, so Sweden, my last country, and set down roots. And I also just became a cultural adaptation coach, which I kind of have been doing forever, but now it's official. So, And it's this huge piece in my shift in business. So as I'm working on intentionality and on the core of my business and my messaging, I'm giving my hands and my head other things to do, like setting up my workspace and thinking about all those little details. Because it's all a process, right? So as my core messages slowly come together, one of the very key questions is, what is the most important thing I should be concentrating on right now? And it's a tricky question because I can go down a rabbit hole. My logical, methodical brain says one thing, my intuition another. So instead of overthinking it all, why not sleep on it? Like literally sleep on it to find an answer. I've mentioned it here and there, maybe in a blog, maybe in a podcast, for sure on Clubhouse, but I never went deep into it. In times of high creative intensity, when I deeply emerged into design projects, for example, I use dreaming, especially lucid dreaming, to find solutions to creative dilemmas. And lately, every Friday, 
I've been joining a clubhouse room hosted by Nicoline Douve Isema, who is a dream expert, a member of the International Association for the Study of Dreams, and an author of a Dutch book on that topic. Nicoline's thing is dream storming. So helping people sleep on the problems they're trying to solve. And that's new to me, like kind of, because using sleep time to be more creative, that I know, but using it to focus on practical, logical, methodical topics, hello, I didn't even think about that. And actually, that is something so cool and so interesting that I had to reach out to Nicolene and ask her if she wants to be on my podcast. Like literally, while I'm writing out the bullet points to record this, I asked her if she could be a guest. And she said yes. So stay tuned for that. We'll be talking about all of this and more and bring in the research. And yeah, stay tuned. But first now, back to my story. I have crazy dreams ever since we moved to Sweden. Almost every day during my waking time, I ask myself, okay, Nicole, you seek to make this new life and shifted work focus significant. What does meaningful actually mean to you? Where is enough, as in basic, enough? And where do you need to dial up the intensity? Where do you need to make the frame bigger, the quality higher, in order to feel so enough that you can actually be affluent, be rich, be flavorful, so much so that you have to spare, to share, and to give away for free. So I know what I'm good at, and I know how to give to the people that are or that enter my life. But where should I start? And this question haunts my dreams, because every night my brain seems to focus on another facet that I can imagine to start on working in my life and in my business. Every night it starts with the questions, where's the pleasure, where's the ease, and how can I dial it up to become significant, important, and meaningful? And then every night, the story goes down the same rabbit hole whilst dialing up the intensity. And then every morning, I wake up thinking, holy shit, that went dark and twisted quickly. There is always quite a bit of pain involved. And that's interesting. In the dream, it's painful, but it's not scary. Or it's the other way around. What was or is something that usually really scares me is not painful at all. Now, there is something in my real life that I'm currently scared to touch. A whole lot of fears and funky limiting beliefs come up that I know are bullshit, but at the same time, they feel so freaking true. So, am I scared of something that won't? actually be that painful. Ooh, I don't know. I hope so, but I don't know. But remember how I started this episode telling you how people are reaching out to me from seemingly every corner of my past? To be completely honest, some of those people I never really liked. And I'm pretty sure they never really liked me neither. So you can imagine my surprise, right? Others, however, I adored, and it's just this pure delight to receive a message along the lines of, hey, you keep popping up in my mind, so I thought, let's give this a try. Can I call you? And then, 
when I get to talk to all of them, no matter if I like them or don't like them, it's this really funky atmosphere of, well, this is somewhat awkward. We haven't talked in ages, but oh, hey, what the fuck? Can I be totally honest? So my life is pretty okay in general, but there is or there was that one area where I really took a low blow. It bloody hurt and I'm still licking my wounds. How are you? It's literally this or a version of this. So the people I did not like that much before, a lot more relatable to me than they were before. And if I was on the fence about us reconnecting, then now I'm really glad we did. And the people that I already adored before, oh man, I'm so happy we got to do this. You have no freaking clue how beautiful a human you actually are. But here's the thing, dear listener, I'm also turning 40 in a few weeks, and the majority of those friends are the same age give or take a few years, right? And I cannot not smile when I hear how everyone finds some creative way of naming their quote-unquote valley of sorrow that led them to making some major shifts in thinking and for quite a few people also major shifts in acting. Some are humbled, others are more confident, some are so much wiser, and others seem to be a lot more free and open. I have to smile and I have to retain myself from saying something really blunt along the lines of, let's face it, friend, you're having a midlife crisis and it's freaking beautiful. You seriously question your life in some regards and that's flipping brilliant because only idiots never doubt themselves. So what I see is that life fucked with all of us in some way or another. And I'm not saying I enjoyed my version of painful, and I'm surely not saying you should enjoy your version, but holy crap, my version of painful made me really appreciate a lot of things. A lot of things I used to be really ignorant to, and that includes myself. I appreciate myself right now. And also all those people that come to me from all these corners of my past. So I know it's painful, but to me, it looks like, it seems like we're all wearing our set of bruises. And even if some are still sore to the touch, from far away, they look like a pretty colorful rainbow. Some are red and swollen because you just got hit. Others are black and blue or deep purple as your body is trying to digest and recover. And others are just green and yellow because they're already fading away. Oh gosh. Um, yeah, as you can see, I was never good at poetry, but you get the gist, right? So I'm left here sitting and wondering, am I scared to touch my sore point that I am currently avoiding because I imagine it to be painful? Because it seems like we're always putting those two together, right? Pain is scary, and what scares us is painful. When really, most of the time, they're not even connected. All my friends' stories and 
all of my own stories show me that with every bitter, there's also almost always something really sweet. And yeah, I'm taking this with me into the next couple of weeks. And I'll keep you updated what's been happening. And in the meantime, friend, if you found value in this, please like, please share. Share it with the one person that you think needs to hear this. Or leave me a comment or hit reply. If you got this by email, hit reply. I love when people get reach out to me. So until next time, I stay with your humble designer friend. Au revoir. Hey, though. C'est Nicole.